Blog Talk Radio. sound like we're in like a slow motion movie, like a demonic seance of such? Yeah. I'm not sure where the Greek is coming from. I have no idea. chat up on my PC right now and I mean I we're definitely having some form of technical difficulty that's for sure yeah cause yeah cause um, I, I, I think my whopper built this uh and, and the worst part is smoke butterbuck is legalized in 43 and a half states Um. Yeah. Wow. Um. I mean, cause well, I, 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 normally, um, Mike Carnahan. Well, I mean, hey, there may be technical difficulties on Michael's end, cornbread. So you know what? How about we get into it? Hey, man, this is. 
Last show, there was an obvious, like, absence between Suicide Otis Crowley and the Suicide King Ray Ray. But, hey, that didn't even – the way the show started, I mean, look, let's break it down for a little bit. Everything, the whole – the absence of several of the roster – I mean, we had several notable names missing from the show, but the card was still stacked top to bottom, Cornbread. Let's talk about it. Let's go in it. Let's go for it. All right, man. Well, hey, let's talk about the opening match. I mean, hashtag FGA is William Cage, and Grayson Beckett like to refer to themselves. They went into this opening match, and they took on the team of Tyler Knight, and the everyday challenger, Troy Twain. And a hard-fought victory it was indeed, but in the end, hashtag FGA came out on top. Well, I'll tell you one thing about hashtag FGA. And it, it, they seem like a team that since they, since they formed together, it seems like they really, really kind of got it. And... Did they ever, did they really mix the big statements? Um, the last time we were at the Valiant Arena, and I'm telling you, if I'm the tag team champions, I better be taking this team very, very seriously. I mean, Cornbread, that that you're not wrong because let's talk about. Uh, conspired after the match Grayson and William Cage got on the microphone and talked about how in one match in one week they were better than any tag team past and present in ASWF and they made an open challenge to a tag team and we got to see the return of another tag team mm-hmm. and so I mean and the team that answered that challenge was none other than Beer 30 uh, and to me, now, to get a to get to get a shocking win but, and an upset win over because you know it's one thing to make it an open challenge. It's another thing for the tag team that's sitting in the audience. You make the tag team, you know, make it down to them. All of a sudden, they accept and. they've had as a tag team seem to be hitting on all cylinders. I mean, the double team maneuvers and everything. I mean, they were hitting on every cylinder. Um, so to uh, so to say there may be just one big win away from potential tag team contendership, I mean, Cornbread, that's, that's not an understatement. That's almost factual. Uh, 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 uh. 
and and, I'll, and you know you talk you no know, you talk about the taxi division. I know um, we always talk about it um, whenever whenever um, Mike um, Mike comes on the show. And the thing about it is we have such a loaded taxi division, and, and you have got a whole lot of challenges are coming out of nowhere. And you know with you know with the taxi situation as limbo and this maybe FDA you know they literally proved Saturday that now that they're focused so, you know I mean I mean it's discussed you know one huge end another feud begins I think if FGA is not sidetracked I won't be surprised if by the end of this year they're taxing champions. Oh, I couldn't agree with you more, Cornbread. Like I said, these these two men are hitting on all cylinders. I mean, they uh, they beat a tag team that was almost thrown together like Tyler Knight and Troy Twain. Uh, right. However, Tyler Knight and Troy, they hit on pretty good cylinders as well. And then they took That's on an good. established tag team, uh, one that – has been noticed as one of the best tag teams in the state in Beer 30 and have gotten a victory over them. So I have no doubt in my yeah. mind that hashtag FGA has a lot going on for them in the future. And, and they're coming and they're coming guns to blaze in my opinion because you know, you don't get signature, you don't get a signature victory like that and Hello? you know not and you know not not have your confidence boosted up just a tap. I mean, that's, I mean, that's one. Say that again. Yep. Are, are y'all hearing us Car- better now? Yes, I can hear you perfectly, Carnahan. Okay. We were just yeah, talking we're about hashtag on. FGA. Uh, I tell you, hashtag FGA is a force to be reckoned with inside of the ASWF right now, and uh, certainly they made themselves a force to be reckoned with this past Saturday. I apologize for interrupting you, Cornbread. I guess we finally got our uh, our issues here with the uh, sound fix. But uh, I'll let hey, you it's know. it's all good. I'm just glad to be back on. <laughs> so am I. I'm glad to be back. I mean, hey, I mean, Michael, it's good to hear you again because I mean, at first we thought you were a goner. I mean, with the with the distorted voice, we thought you were held captive by the Benai or suicide Otis Crowley. I mean, look, we have seen these guys appear out of nowhere before. So I mean, for for these technical quote unquote difficulties to happen is nothing out of the ordinary. I mean, you ain't lying about that. Is uh, we're having all sorts of technical difficulties over here on Facebook, so. Bear with us if you're listening over here on Facebook, and we should have it back up live. But, uh, you know, definitely it's about that time where spooky things start happening as we head towards Halloween Resurrection. And you make a good point. You know, hashtag FGA, they were successful in not just their match against uh, the everyday challenger, Troy Twain and uh, Tyler Knight. We saw them successful against a legendary tag team. I think we can go ahead and like, give them that legendary label in Beer 30. So quite a successful first night for uh, the fairly gifted athlete, um, Will Cage, or William, as he likes to be known, and yes. the uh, yeah. athlete, Grayson Beckett. 
as he now likes to be known. I mean, Michael, the, the Grayson Beckett, he's had a change of heart. And, I mean, look at it this way. I mean, <clears throat> Michael, we have seen a new leaf turn in ASWF. And I and in all honesty, it is kind of nice to see guys like Grayson Beckett and Will Cage come together, because the one thing that we haven't seen a lot of in ASWF is new tag teams. So for them to form an alliance, they're they're going to the top, man. Uh, and that's my opinion. I mean, I certainly would have to agree with you. You know, uh, it's going to be hard to stop hashtag FGA. Uh, these guys are on a roll. These guys are something that you don't have a lot of film on as far as being a tag team. And they're working very well together for a tag team that just formed there in that case. You know, uh, these are guys that could. And me and Cornbread mentioned it Saturday night there in the Valiant Arena. And, um, you know, uh, when we mentioned it, we said, you know, these are guys who are making a name for themselves. Tag team title picture. It's getting awfully cloudy, as I've said multiple times this week, uh, with hashtag FGA in the mix. Oh, absolutely, Michael. I mean, like I said, they've kind of added a little chaos to that mixture. But, I mean, the like you said, they're they, for a team that's such a young tag team, they're hitting everything on all cylinders. Um, you can definitely tell that just in that in the two in this uh, what two weeks of time that we've seen this alliance form, I mean, yeah. they've been you can tell they've been working together uh, to perfect their craft. Oh yeah, yeah you're and, 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 I, I was gonna say, gentlemen, let me speak to that um, to that to that chemistry that FBA <clears throat> has. And, you know, I, I think in my opinion, and, you know, my opinion, I think you need you need connection. You need connection. You need focus. And, and you need the selflessness, not selfishness, selflessness. And to me, that's what makes tag teams great, but it also makes tag teams legendary. Especially when you put them together. But the question is, will this team, how long will this team stay together? And if they stay together, how further will they go even after winning the ASWF tag team titles? Because I I feel that, bottom line, I, I, I still believe at least by the end of this year, I won't be surprised if they're tag team champions. I mean, that's certainly a uh, position that you could take as far as that goes. I mean, these guys certainly could become the ASWF Tag Team Champions before the year is out. That uh, would be something that I would say would be very interesting to watch going forward. You know, uh, two guys that may have an issue with that, though, are two guys who came out on the losing end. So here's the interesting thing we're looking at now. You see hashtag FGA get two. Not one, but two big wins under their belt. And then you saw the tag champions in singles action with uh, Gaston Stallion taking on, uh, or Gaston, excuse me, he informed me that he only wants to be known by his first name, kind of like Prince 
is what he said. He just yeah. wants to be Gaston. And, uh, you know, Gaston lost to Cataclysm and then guaranteed losing to uh, D-Mike. Uh, but, you know, I, I've got to give it to Tier, Even though, you know, I am saying he lost, Tier did take D-Mike to his limits. But, you know, you look at it and you say, you say it's got to be interesting to watch this because these two guys are losing and this new tag team on the block, we're picking up victories left and right. Oh, absolutely, Michael. I mean, and... Uh, like you said, I mean, but here's the thing, though. that Those were singles matches. I mean, you can't discredit their teamwork just for what they can do in singles matches. That's for sure. A solid yeah. single superstar is great. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but mm-hmm. to have two solid single superstars form a tag team, I mean, that is – that's something. And it's a – they definitely become a force to be reckoned with. But you mentioned Gary and Tier and D Mike. Let's talk about that match for a second. That was a very, in my opinion, it was a dark horse match. Uh, it was one that was really, really seemed mismatch. And I will say this: Gary and did take D Mike to his limits. Yeah. Oh, you're absolutely right about that. I mean, you look at Gary and Tier, a guy who came in here. Really, we don't know what he's capable of in singles competition. We really only know what he's capable of in the tag team ring. The guy is, you know, skyrocketed to the top of the tag team division quicker than anybody in ASWF history. And now you look at what he's able to apply, take that tag team knowledge and apply it to his singles game. Man, this guy is uh, looking like a world beater right now. Oh, I mean, absolutely, and, you know, like I said, they don't call D-Mike the limit breaker for nothing, that's for sure, Uh, but, I mean, let's talk about that match right quick again. I mean, the one thing that really caught me off guard was what Gary Tier was willing to put his body through. I mean, the guy did a freaking senton onto the apron from the top rope, and, I mean, Mm. here's the deal. I, I went to the chiropractor as soon as I could after watching that because, hell, that hurt me in all honesty. I mean, I, I thought he was dead. I'm not going to lie. I looked at Cornbread, and I legitimately thought the dude wasn't going to get back up. Uh, yeah. Probably the uh, craziest uh, situation that's ever happened. I mean, you look at it. He had just, he had just hit the uh, Centon in the ring and he allowed his overconfidence to get to him and uh, D-Mike able to use that veteran ring ability to uh, be able to uh, be able to put a stop to that very quickly and you know they say it's not the uh, it's not the fall that gets you it's the sudden stop at the end and trust me there was a sudden stop there at the end there was a thud oh absolutely I mean uh I mean, like I said, that thud, it it hurt me just as much to see it. Well, I, well I'll say this. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go oh, ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, well I was going to say was, you know, I mean, think about guarantee, you know, we're, I mean, we're going to go ahead and talk about it for a second. You know, you, got, you know, you guys mentioned a whole lot of great points here. 
But also, also, don't forget the fact that when Tier debuted, he debuted as a singles rather than a tag team wrestler. And, you know, look how far he's come. But also, look at how much pressure and how much more competition is heading in the direction of the limit breaker. Because right now, if you really look at all the matches that he's had since ASWF 20, if you look at every single match that he's had, I mean, it has not been the easiest runs for him. But somehow, some way, D-Mike being D-Mike, as what we would say in sports, D-Mike being D-Mike, he always knows how to put together that winning combination. Well, and, and I think that's what it came down to. I think the knowledge and the experience of D-Mike is what it mm-hmm. came down to. Uh, the deal is with D-Mike, with you know, uh, here, he used Tears' momentum against him. Like you said, you know, Tear did debut yep. with two singles for a moment, but he doesn't yep. have that knowledge that D-Mike has. And D-Mike stepping up his game a little bit more, once again, able to use his experience to uh, pick right. up the victory, in my opinion. I agree with you. Oh, absolutely. And I think that was I mean, the big I, I, difference here in this contest because, I mean, all things considered, these two were as even as it got towards the end of that contest. And then once Gary and hit that, uh, once Tier hit that, uh, hit that apron, it was ball game. Yeah, the game. Oh, absolutely. Hey. I mean, hey, here's the deal. D Mike using that to his advantage there is nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, that's what you call calculation. That yep. is, I mean, that is veteran instinct to go in there and even, I mean, you, you know, whether you love them, whether you hate them, you almost have to have that killer instinct to make it uh, in in this business. I mean, we've interviewed several excuse me, several ASWF wrestlers and superstars and we've said and we've asked them what their what their key is to success in this industry and they say, hey, one of the first things they say is killer instinct. Yep. Absolutely. I mean, and that's the thing. If you're gonna be a champion in this organization, you've got to be able to uh you've got to be able to have that killer instinct and that's exactly what D Mike's all about. But uh, the thing is, D-Mike was the champion without his title belt on Saturday night. Uh, D-Mike uh, his championship belt stolen. And we saw the man who stole that championship belt issue an open challenge. Uh, and he claimed he was going to defend the, uh, the ASWF Evolution title. But uh, it was answered by D-Mike. D-Mike tried to come out and get his uh, first match of the night kicked off a little bit earlier in the night, but uh, Josh Cross, in typical Josh Cross fashion, uh, proceeded to proceeded to uh, kind of tuck tail a little bit and said, no, 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 no. I said, everybody but you. And, you know, I, I said this uh, that night. I believe that he probably would have fared a little bit better if he just took option A because, uh, as we all found out, option B was the big man, Kay Toomer. And let me tell yeah. you, 
the big man put a whooping on him. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's better to, hey, say, hey, uh, let me go over my options before I before I decide. Hey, this one is not the one for me. Go over it and really think about it. And that was one of the things that Josh Cross failed to do because that open challenge was to anybody in the locker room. And I'm sure as well as y'all were that hey, Josh wasn't expecting a foe bigger than himself to to come out there and accept that challenge. Well, I mean, let's just talk for a moment about how important the big man was. Once again, another guy yeah. kind of like Gillian, we haven't seen him in singles competition very much, and uh, I tell you, the guy went out there, and he literally pushed Cross to his limits, so much so that Cross had to roll to the outside and take a uh, town out to uh, just, just save himself. Oh, yeah. This, this is one of those things where situations where it was almost obvious that victory was imminent for the big man and uh, and we've seen it we've seen Josh t- he took the count out victory he knew that hey there if there was anybody that's a threat to him and champion or not if there's anybody that's a threat to that to that title it definitely is the big man in both size speed and agility this guy is insane he is he's what i like to call a pro wrestling hybrid well i tell you you know we talked about it corbray kind of alluded to it uh in speaking about d mike a moment ago but let's be honest that evolution title race up at the top uh to get a shot at d mike it's becoming a log jam i mean you gotta see just Looking at the rankings we got this week, the big man vaulted himself into the top ten title contenders with his performance against the original Misfit. You do have the original Misfit in there, uh, hot on the heels of D-Mike. Obviously, you have D-Mike. you got to wonder about a guy like Gary and Keir. You've got to wonder about a lot of these guys who could potentially make a name for themselves and, uh, you know, really just stretch themselves into a title shot. Well, the, I mean, the log jam. Go, go ahead, go ahead. No, oh no, no. Uh, go ahead, Cornbread. You are, you probably, you've got a lot more to say than I do. Go ahead. Well, what I was, what I was gonna say is, you know, even with the Evolution Championship, um, that that whole entire mix being just, you know, completely crowded right there at the top, especially with you know, D might quote unquote be ahead of the class, so to speak. I think K Tumor really, really kind of shaped himself, especially, you know, the, the old saying goes, I mean, a win is a win is a win. And Josh Cross, in my opinion, didn't help, did not help himself at all when he took that count out loss to K Tumor. I think, in my opinion, with Cross's experience, I think K. Tumor learned a whole lot about Josh Cross, and to me, I think he learned and gained some valuable knowledge concerning original misfit and the professional wrestling business because he now knows Josh Cross a little bit of his response, but you cannot discredit the experience of Josh Cross because he'll take that experience, 
he'll take your little insecurities and he'll make sure he uses them against you. But bottom line, I, and I'm, I'm with Mike here, and I'm, I'm with you, Cody, as well. K. Toomer brought it to him. He, um, and, and you know, some of y'all call him, you no, know, we call him a pro wrestling hybrid. I say, to me, he's one of the guys that right now, if he was, you know, if he was like really, really, you know, already there in top contendership, he could win any title, any singles title right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and here's the deal. Um, they they don't call that championship the Evolution Championship for no reason. It is about the right. evolution of pro wrestling uh, as we know it in Arkansas and in general. And, I mean, we've yeah. seen various contenders hold that title. We've seen Asa Morta hold that title. We've seen Grayson right. Beckett hold that title for a short time. Excalibur, the list goes on. So to see KT come in, or the big man himself, you know, to to come in and and to uh, just dominate as he has been, I mean, the deal is win, lose, or draw. If he gets his hands on that title uh, or ever becomes champion, you're going to have a hard time trying to get it off him. Well, and you better pack a lunch. That's the thing here. How fun yeah. would it be? For a big name K tumor versus the limit breaker D Mike matchup to come to fruition. Think about this, gentlemen. We always, about, we always talk about how the how D Mike has this extra gear that he can kick it into, how he's the limit breaker. It would be interesting yeah. to see, knowing what the big man brings to the table, the clash of styles, and they always say styles make fights. It would yeah. be a very interesting matchup, and I believe that would definitely be the toughest test to date for D-Mike in that Evolution title. And like I said, it's because of exactly what you say, Cornbread, and exactly what you say, Cody. The man is a hybrid. The man is, represents exactly what this is in our business, the evolution of professional yeah. wrestling. And that's exactly what we're seeing right now. So, I mean, in talking with the big man, the big man has said, you know, I'm not focused on any one particular title. I'm focused on just doing what I'm told and hurting people, doing what I do best. And that's exactly what the big man wants to do. You got to wonder, you know, though, given the opportunity, it would certainly be nice to pat his pockets with a little bit of that championship money. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, with that championship, man, there's a lot of responsibility any with any championship. It's that pay raise, but most importantly, it's keeping the championship. We say it almost every week when we refer to a champion, that story still ain't going to change because it's a story tried and true. Winning the title is one thing, but keeping it, staying on top of the mountain, hell, that is a whole different story, Michael. You know, and it's actually beautiful that you mentioned that because I believe it was Cornbread a few moments ago said that, you know, it's going to it's gonna be a tall task, and it will be. It would be a tall task to defeat the big man should he ever become an Evolution champion. Or, hell, even an yep. ASWF tag team champion or ASWF champion for that matter. The man is dominant. 
The man, we haven't seen dominance like this since, say, the Mistress of Mayhem Ace the Morta, the main event Curtis Dawn. This is just pure dominance, but we all know this one fact. Just about anybody in the ASWF, the polarity is there that just about anybody can win on any given night. And it's actually funny I bring I bring that up right there because the next matchup I want to talk about is uh, Justin Vincent pulling the upset over the Hall of Famer with a quick roll-up and uh, defeating Excalibur. But more noteworthy is what happened after the match when uh, Excalibur kind of snapped a little bit, uh, putting the... Uh, Putting the promoter, one of the promoters of the ASWF and new ASWF board member, Sensational Sarah Kay, uh, tried to put her through the door, put a referee through the door, and then uh, came over and assaulted myself. Uh, I mean, you kind of deserved it. I mean, what, what do you do to set him off, Michael? I mean, I tell you, I was doing my job, and that's the thing that really fires me up about this is the fact that Joey Britt actually sat there and watched him go over there. I, I mean, I have all the respect in the world for the commissioner, but do your freaking job and protect your announcers, protect your employees. That If I have one gripe with the ASWF and ASWF management, make sure to protect your employees, and you got to do a better job. I understand the man's I mean. contract has been terminated, Absolutely unacceptable the way Joey Britt handled that situation. I will say that and get off my soapbox. I, I mean, Michael, you, you went off on a tangent. Look, if you've got that much of a problem, hey, look, tell Joey Britt to reinstate Excalibur's contract and you wrestle a match with Excalibur. No, I've got no problem with Excalibur. My problem is with Joey Britt and the fact that Joey Britt wasn't able to wasn't able to adequately provide enough security for me. And that's the thing. I mean, I, I, get, I get tired of this. You know, the fans are always sitting there getting too close to us. I need, I, I, I'm starting to feel like I'm going to have to hire my own security agent or something just to protect myself as the voice of the ASWF because good Lord knows Cornbread would be out there by himself, and let's be honest, I'm, I, I, I respect you, Cornbread, but I'm not sure too many people would want to hear that. Well, Jesus well, well, Christ, Michael, what is going on? I mean, you said fired up. What, what's going on? Is there something you got to talk about, buddy? No, it, it, <laughs> I've already said it. I mean, the truth of the matter is, Cornbread, you saw it. Joey Britt literally let him walk over there and slap me. He watched him. Yes, I appreciate Joey coming and checking on me after the fact, but I mean, come on now. You're the commissioner. You should not have allowed the what happened to Sarah. You shouldn't have allowed what happened to the referee, but you should definitely not have allowed what happened to the voice of your well, uh, well, let let me let me jump in for just a moment, as as as, as you as you calm down a little bit, Mike, and we'll try to get out there. I appreciate it. I'm just a little bit and, and I'll jump in here for a moment. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say this publicly. 
Uh, Excalibur's actions were despicable. They were uncalled for. And all because of a shocking loss. And let's be honest. If, if Oddsmakers was ruling this match between Enton and Excalibur right now, Excalibur will be well on his way to the Vegas pay window. I had Excalibur winning that match. And I, I, I mean, I'm saying it publicly. I, I, wrote, I wrote in my little notes, shocker. What happened following was nothing but it, it was tasteless. It was despicable. And maybe this week, maybe security measures will be up to, to protect all of us. Because, I mean, let's be honest. I don't like what's attacked. And there was, uh, there was no reason for that attack to come on, on, on to Mike for any reason. But a, a member of the a member, I mean, an audience member could have got injured because of Excalibur snapping. And I, I know the situation was taken care of, and the situation was dealt with, is what we were told. But yeah, you know, somebody could have got injured, and and, and it's not just Mike, but um, anybody, of course. You know, it it was despicable what happened to what happened to Sarah Kay when she tried to come out and play peacemaker here and try to you know calm down Excalibur for being his own worst enemy here. But, but I'm like, yeah, he he totally snapped and he was he was tossed out as a result of it. But we but let's give some props here to Justin Benson. Justin Benson, of course, this year we saw him pull off the miracle. With him and his brother winning the tag team titles in the steel cage, that was a miracle. And he pulled up another shocking win. How far can Justin Vincent go? And where does this place Daniel Vincent when Daniel comes back from injury? Well, I mean, I I tell you, I've calmed down a little bit. Certainly, I it just it fires me up. I'm getting tired of these wrestlers running around and doing whatever they want. I just, I, I, I want commissioner Britt to do his job and restore order inside of the Valiant arena. And until then I, I feel unsafe coming to work and that's not, that's not how I should feel. But anyway, with that being said, I completely agree. Justin yeah. Vincent has literally skyrocketed himself to you know, another level inside of the singles division. Myself and you, Cornbread, we've always called we've always called a tag team specialist, but now I'm kind of seeing Justin in a different light in that Justin may as well be uh, you know, a single star in the making. Yeah. I mean I mean you have to. And 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 one thing about it is the folk, you know, we talked last, we talked two weeks ago about the the five letter F word called focus. And for me, and this is personally speaking, if Justin Vincent can continue to have the focus, and sometimes, and sometimes it don't necessarily take a big move or a signature move to get the three count. It could be something as worrying as a small package. 
And I actually did some research on this. Small package wins have the highest winning percentage than any signature move in wrestling history. And that's saying something. And Justin Vincent with that shocking win just added to that list. What do you think, Cody? Oh, absolutely, Cornbread. I mean, that statistic is right. I mean, how many times do we see small package wins? We see them pretty frequently. Right. As a matter of fact, and the thing is, is we can see a signature move hit get hit a few times during a match. However, you know, very few times have we seen small packages where they've actually been successfully kicking out of or kicked out of. Right. I mean, especially when they quote unquote great vine the legs. Um mm-hmm. and I mean the small package was invented by none other by none other than the journeyman himself, Paul Smackage from Grapevine, yep. Texas. Absolutely. Dang. Good job, Cody, on that knowledge. Uh, I mean, no, right. it, it was shocking. That's all you can say about this. But at the end of the day, under the tutelage of uh, his his uh, protege there, Mr. Brad Higgs, you got to give Brad credit. Brad coached him up a little bit. You got to give Brad yeah. credit. Brad coached him up, made sure he was ready, and hats off to Brad. I got to give it to him there. Ladies, let's go ahead and move on uh, to Insane Shane taking on Asa Morta. In what was an epic back and forth uh, encounter, an epic back and forth encounter, it looked like Ace Morta was getting ready for that choke slam uh, spine buster combo, and <clears throat> out of nowhere, my broadcast colleague there, uh, DJ, gets up from the announce position, walks up and inserts yeah. himself in the contest. First off, Cornbread, I, I mean, me and you were both shocked. I've got to ask you, what what was that? Yeah, I, I have no idea what, what he was thinking at this point. Because, you know, and, and I've said, I said it under, I, I said it there while we was at the table. You know, you're a broadcaster. You know, you don't just jump up from the table and just go to assist your man and then all of a sudden come back and, come, and claim yourself innocent. Come on now. That's a little unprofessional. And my question is, was this the whole? Was this the plan the whole time? You know, I'm, I, no, I was dumbfounded, and I'm, I'm still a little dumbfounded, especially now that now it almost looks as if Insane Shane has himself an ally here. But who would have thought that it would came down to DJ at the broadcast booth? And because to me that that was that was a little uncalled for. And did it really take DJ just to help Insane Shane defeat Ace Morta? It shouldn't have, well, especially with how talented how talented Insane Shane is. Go ahead. Well, and Cornbread Amanda says, you know, it, it was back and forth until Insane Shane cheated, and obviously she's referring to. Uh, what we now know after reviewing the footage, uh, I guess a object was tossed uh, in the yeah, what it was. Uh, and uh, Insane Shane used that object to get the unfair advantage. After reviewing tape, we saw that, but you know, bang bang play, the referee had to make a call 
And, uh, you know, you got to give the referee credit. This was another case of, like I said, uh, guys running wild. But I do want to mention something, Cody, before we get your thoughts. I actually received an email from BJ this week in my uh, inbox, and he says, Dear Mr. Carnahan, you asked a question a few weeks ago about my relationship with Mr. Insane Shane. Well, I'm going to answer your question in due time. You may not have known me. You may have known me as your broadcast colleague and play-by-play partner, but what you may have not known is that I've been watching Insane Shane very closely. You see, there have been people that were there only 99% of the time or who have infamously left the company as where I have stayed and waited until the right moment. But back to your question at hand. My response to you is, you'll just have to wait and see. Sincerely, M.C. I have more questions than answers at this point. He's been watching Insane Shane. Almost it sounds like he's been scouting him from our ringside table, like he was using his job to further his recruitment of insane Shane. I, I mean, like I said, it brings more questions uh, than answers. I mean, Michael, you're not wrong. I mean, I'm, I'm just as dumbfounded as you are on the situation. I mean, I, you know, he has sat behind that table, what, a good six months? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, to sit there and and scout, I mean, there ain't no telling. Who else has he been scouting? I mean, has he been scouting more than just Insane Shane? And does he have planned on having more than one colleague in mind? I mean, we don't know. That's that's for that's almost for him to know, and then us to find out later. I mean, that's well, the scary but, thing, though. I mean, if he had this up his sleeve, what else can he have up his sleeve? Well, do you mind if I throw this question in there, gentlemen? And I want to get no. both of you guys' takes on it. And there will be a question for both of you. Do you honestly think that he really inserted himself into um, the lion's den, so to speak, with the Manai? I mean, he certainly he certainly uh, made a mark, so to speak, you know. Uh, Jim Troy actually said, well, this is a new era, and he is making his mark with Shane. And I would agree, James. He is. He made a mark. I mean, you know, Insane Shane is the target of a lot of members of the Manai. So, uh, so uh, that's certainly an interesting thought, and could be something interesting to see going forward is just what he uh, may have opened. Could he have opened Pandora's box in that case? I mean, Cornbread, uh, no, he may have opened up a can of worms that he really does not want to open. I mean, here's the thing, you know, being on other other members of the roster, being on their their uh, their hit list, so to speak, yeah. is one thing, but to to upset the Manai, that is uh not a very wise decision at all. Look at look at who all that's worked out for and where are they at now. 
Right. So, I mean, yeah. you know, not a very wise decision. Uh, however, hats off to Asa Morta for her valiant effort in that fight against Insane Shane in general. I would agree. I would agree with that. You know, Asa Morta put up a valiant effort and, let's be honest, should have walked out with the victory had it not been yeah. for, uh, for I guess he's now going by MC, uh, our former broadcast colleague, uh, DJ. Uh, you know, that's something that I want to keep a close eye on because I want more answers. I mean, like I said, this email did nothing but raise more questions for me, and I don't quite understand it. But like I said, yet again, another failure to keep uh, control of your employees. But uh, while we're talking about guys who are failing to keep control or kind of slipping into madness, let's go back and talk about cataclysm a little bit. Obviously, we saw almost a new cataclysm this past Saturday night. Whenever we saw, uh, whenever we saw the, uh, whenever we saw him take on Gaston, and uh, you know he had said he was going back to his roots on Facebook previously, and you know he actually just released this earlier. I don't know if you gentlemen caught this, but today he says in the Book of Manai, chaos and carnage are encouraged. But one must have peace within to engage or to manage the chaos. In order to become chaos, in order to become insanity, you must know how to control it. I have lost control. I have lost my peace within. The chaos has taken over. And that reads, ladies and gentlemen, like a uh, looming ominous message for the ASWF locker room. Because this new cataclysm, in the interest of full disclosure, scares the crap out of me. Mm. Well, I'll, I'll say this: you know, when it, no, when it comes to anybody in the mana, you you better be well. And you know, listening to you read that, it kind of, it almost sounds like a sadistic um, Edgar Allan Poe. No, when it comes to when it comes to something like that, because uh, I I I, I kind of felt some chills during that message, and to your point, uh, locker room and champions, you better beware because um, this is maybe the most focused and perhaps the most dangerous cataclysm we've ever seen. And when he gets oh, unleashed, absolutely. and when he gets unleashed, um, you better run for cover. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, is, you know, as Michael alluded to earlier, Cataclysm's post about he needs to go back to his roots. What better way to go back to your roots than to go back to the person that you beat for that ASWF championship, uh, what, almost two years ago? So, I mean, what better way to go back to your roots than where it almost all began, in a sense? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you look at it, and you hit the nail on the head, Cody. The last time I saw Cataclysm in this mindset, he became the ASWF champion. Uh, I mean, time will tell what happens here. 
But I tell you, the ASWF roster has been put on notice, and they better be a little worried. I mean, I'm talking about Troy Twain all the way up to the big man Kay Coomer, and especially the main event Curtis Dawn. They'll better be sleeping with one eye open because uh, the monster under their bed is back, and he's the psychotic savior. Oh, absolutely, Michael. That that is, man. That's well. Thank you for uh, giving me a reason not to go to bed tonight. That's for sure, Michael. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to sleep tonight. That's for sure. Uh, most definitely. Give me a reason not to eat cereals. You aren't lying. You aren't lying. I mean, that guy is uh, one of the. Scariest individuals I've ever seen in my life. Um, cornbread, uh, we pretty much talk about just about everything that happened this past Saturday night. Or, excuse me, at the last show. Well, question is, what does it all mean for this Saturday night and uh, what do you expect going forward? I, 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 think, I think going forward, I think it'll, I think right now, AS, ASWF is at its hottest that it's ever been, and the reason why it's been the hottest as it's ever been is because of it's because the air conditioner in the arena don't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's yeah that that's a given. But right now, and I mean, I mean, not to interrupt you, but I mean, it's so hot in that, that arena because the air conditioner in the arena don't work. And I mean, the thing is, if it wasn't for the men's bathroom in the Valiant Arena being broke, all of this wouldn't be happening right now. That's a quote <laughs> from a uh, from a hashtag FGA that came across my desk this morning. So, um, but wow. But but I will say that you know to, to answer um, Mike's question, you know it goes it goes to show you just how depth of competition and how depth that people how you know how crazy of depths that people will go to just to hold championship gold, just to call themselves you know the the king of the mountain, the top the top you know the the bull of the woods as they say, but. I'm telling you, everything literally leads up to Halloween Resurrection, and you know, if you if you honestly think that it's gonna be hot that night, look at what it has been so far on the road getting there. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. I completely agree. Well, Cody, what's your final thoughts heading into the show this Saturday? Well, Michael. Uh, I mean, look, we've got we've got all sorts of stuff going on right now, Michael. I mean, to be honest, uh, you know, what what's next uh for almost everyone? No D Mike, will he be able to to get his belts out of the clutches of Dross Cross? Will we see uh will we see uh the outcome of the return of uh the Suicide King Ray Ray and um Otis? Crowley himself, a suicide. I mean, uh, if I remember correctly, their suspension is technically lifted, is it not? Uh, 
Technically, and uh, that's why I'm taking all resumes. You can email your resume to michael.carnahan at aswf.com. And uh, I'm looking for personal security guards. Because God knows well, I mean, yeah, uh, so, I mean, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, if you're feeling froggy and want to jump, uh, send your resume to Michael Carnahan, and he will need personal security, that's for sure, and, uh, I mean, um, you know, so people don't punch him in the face again. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, on my part, uh, you know, I want to say uh, thank you all for coming in. And, uh, I mean, that's all I have to say, Michael. I mean, well, ladies and gentlemen, oh, yeah. here, here we go. Before we uh, go, I'm going to wrap things up here with my final thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, be there this Saturday night at 201 Highway 367 North there in Tuckerman, Arkansas. Uh, you're going to see guys like the big name, Tate Tumors. You're going to see the Evolution Champion team, Mike. You're going to see, hopefully, the return of Ray Ray, but I'm going to see suicide anywhere near that building if uh, Ray Ray's there. You're going to see the uh, tag team champions in the building. We've got Stone and Gary in here. You're going to see just about everybody on the roster coming in this Saturday night and uh, everybody trying to notch out a uh, spot there on the Halloween Resurrection card. So this is going to be one show you don't want to miss. One more time, though, buddy, in case you missed it, that is Michael. Doc Carnahan at ASWFWrestling.com. Go ahead and email your resumes on over to me because I need a security guard because uh, things are getting a little out of hand thanks to our commissioner. Good night, everybody. Oh, good night. See ya. <laughs>